Welcome to Right Spokane Perspective with your host, Tim. And Shannon. It's opinion, fact, information, and your alert system. Stay tuned and enjoy the show. And welcome to Right Spokane Perspective on this Valentine's Day, Wednesday episode on Right Spokane Perspective. Starting to see the cost of uh, certain things going up. Wondering what I'm going to do to, you know, help the wife celebrate Valentine's Day. With the cost of living, the taxation, and looking at the cost of roses, I'm thinking, do I buy them in Dutch marks? I'm not sure. I'm looking at the legislation that's going on in Olympia, and I'm thinking... It sounds like an old European nightmare unfolding. But you know what? It is Valentine's Day. And uh, should I buy you a dozen roses? No, but old European restaurant sounds really good. An I'd old European restaurant. Well, you know, go out to what eat. the dozen roses is going to be like, what, like 70 bucks now or something like that? I mean, I guess yeah. going out to eat's about the same now. Right. But at least if we go out to eat, I actually get to sit down and enjoy your company. If you just give me flowers, I just get to look at the flowers and you still get to go to work. So That's true. That's that's true. Well, we're, we're going to have to figure that out. But let's do some inspiration and then we're going to jump into the Wednesday part. And uh, for the love, I just cannot handle the news, but I have to cover it. And we've got to talk about some of these things because it is what we are facing. And a lot of folks are... Well, of course, our inspiration today is talking about 1 Corinthians 15, 13, 3. If I do not have love, I gain nothing. Jim and Lori were college sweethearts. They got married and life was happy for many years. Then Lori began to act strangely, getting lost and forgetting appointments. She was diagnosed with an early onset Alzheimer's at 47. After a decade of serving as her primary caregiver, Jim was able to say, Alzheimer's has given me the opportunity to love and to serve my wife in ways that were unimaginable when I said I do. While explaining the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the Apostle Paul wrote extensively on the virtue of love. He contrasted rote acts of service with those overflowing from a loving heart. Powerful speaking is good, Paul wrote, but without love, it's like meaningless noise. If I give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Paul ultimately said the greatest gift is love. Jim's understanding of love and service deepened as he cared for his wife. Only a deep and abiding love could give him the strength to support her every day. Ultimately, the only place we see this sacrificial love modeled perfectly is in God's love for us which caused him to send Jesus to die for our sins. That act of sacrifice motivated by love has changed our world forever. Heavenly Father, thank you for loving us. May our actions flow out of a loving heart today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Yes, love is important. And, you know, even if you end up, you know, living in your car, with your loved one after you retire because you can't afford your house anymore then. Or your pet because you can't afford the pet deposit. At least you still have love. And, and that will always exist. They can't squelch that. There's certain things that government can't regulate out of existence. Of course, they are regulating things they think will become love by trying to bolster the financial stability of strip clubs. That Yes, that's going on in Olympia. It's not really for the love this Wednesday, at least not that story. And it's and it's kind of interesting because uh, 
the location of uh, an old strip club just recently became a new place for women who have been trafficked. Healing captives. Yes, they did. Helping captives. They, helping, helping captives. It's helping captives heal. That's, helping them heal. And yes, yeah. they did buy the Deja Vu location. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I am so excited. Well, there's a lot of detractors to that, though, too. And we're not going to cover that story right at the moment, but I think we should look at the legislature. Obviously, they're they're doing lots for their groups of followers because it's a legislative cycle. And, and there was a story strictly about the deja vu. The newspaper really kind of painted both sides of the picture trying to make this group not look so good because they were, of course, purchasing a building that used to be a strip club to help women that were being trafficked. And half of the article was about strippers and the industry where they actually admitted that they did prostitution out of that strip club. So interesting story. And it closed down. And on the, on the heels of that, we have the legislature looking to put alcoholic beverages back into strip clubs. I thought we already knew that that was kind of not a safe environment for women, a bunch of uh, excited drunk men. Probably not a good idea. Probably not. But you know what's really weird is Senate approves bill boosting dancer protections, allowing alcohol service. Now, that to me seems like a double negative. Is this the Affordable Care Act? This is like the Climate Change (laughs) Commitment Act. You got to read it to see what's in it. Um, Uh, I don't know how you can boost protection for dancers by allowing alcohol service so you can drink your alcohol but you can't go past a line oh there's gonna be a lot of bad jokes like take the top off of that one uh it's a beer it's (laughs) alcohol and uh you're too drunk you probably need to you know are we really talking about this on valentine's day this is really interesting oh my goodness you know what though it it's coverage where are we going to protect families and women and communities where obviously we have lots of Drunk driving accidents that are arriving in our local news, our local newspaper. We want to encourage more drinking at facilities that are not at people's humble abodes. I don't know. Well, it sounds like it. So they passed this bill. It was purely on party lines, I believe, too. I think so. On the heels of last year's closure of Spokane's Deja Vu Strip Club, the state legislature is considering an overhaul to the industry in Washington. If enacted, legislation approved by the state Senate Thursday would provide a series of safety and worker protection to dancers, as well as allow Washington strip clubs to sell alcohol. You know what's really interesting, though? When I just, that, it just it doesn't make sense to me. It does not scream safety. No. That's, that's like, well, we're going to add alcohol to heavy equipment training in Washington just to see if that promotes safety. What? No, you know, it's just so, as insane. Okay, and the insane part is says the regulations build upon a 2019 law requiring strip clubs to install panic buttons, provide anti-trafficking training to dancers, and keep a blacklist of customers who would not be allowed admission based upon past conduct. So now they're going to be drunk, and the need for the panic button how much faster is law enforcement going to get there when you have to try to calm down a drunk gentleman because... I think the panic button is for security. Now, they do want to see an uh, increase in security is kind of part of the thing in this bill. But the whole thing about traffic training, so they're going to have a pamphlet that they hang out, uh, or hang out, hand out to <laughs> strippers 
that says you can do this work without being a prostitute. Whereas the last article we saw uh, with the same individuals, strippers being quoted in this article days later about the deja vu admitted to making extra money on the side outside of the building. Okay, well, we're going to hurry up and put some clothes well, on this now, one. But now, hold if, on. If the, passed it, by the House and signed by the governor, the new law would expand training requirements to all club staff, set minimum requirements for clubs to provide security, set limitations on how dancers can be charged, and allow strip clubs and other adult venues to apply for a liquor license. Right, so it's a liquor license. It's about bringing in more money. And I don't see how this brings safety because the admission... Uh, that we heard about the so-called uh, oh. workers ended up nope here it is getting money on the side outside the place but if there's alcohol in there then these ladies are going to be leaving with someone that's heavily intoxicated which is far less safe yeah less safe a similar bill passed the senate last year but did not come up for a vote in the house Debate around these reforms gained steam in recent weeks following a series of raids of LGBTQ bars in Seattle where employees and patrons were cited for lewd conduct. Yeah, lewd conduct. Uh, And and alcohol is going to decrease. Intensify lewd conduct. Okay. There's quite a few legislators who are realizing that the stripper bill needs to be passed with that alcohol repeal that they're one and the same issue. You cannot support queer venues and not support stripping venues. Yeah, it's crazy. So here's the deal. The queer venues have basically some lewd conduct that goes on, but they're not supposed to have lewd conduct because they have the alcohol there. And so basically in, in other portions of this article, the legislators in Olympia are acting like this is some kind of stonewall moment where they're going to free the industry, where I think we're going to have a lot more problems with women that are doing that business for money or are being trafficked. And that's just the place where they are advertising their other services. Now we're going to be advertising in front of far more intoxicated, uh, ill-willed men. Yeah, well, according to Zach Wu, the sober atmosphere makes a strip club less appealing and sociable and much less trafficked as a, as a result. Clubs in Washington are often totally empty in a way that makes the business unsustainable. Well, no kidding, Sherlock. Well, I, you know, I don't... So they're saying that... You have to be drunk in order to go into an LGBTQ bar? Uh, there's probably people that do go into those places drunk on accident, I'm guessing. So it's Valentine's Day. I'm sure that no one listening to this show is going to be visiting either of the establishments that you were mentioning here. But that's what our legislature is up to. For the love of representative government, are these folks paying attention to the things that really need to happen to keep women safe in our community, to keep children safe in our community, to have safe communities at all, when they're just looking to bolster areas where we've already dealt with bad behavior I think our legislature isn't focused on love. No, I think that if they focused on not out-regulating or over-regulating, if they focused on not over-regulating businesses, we wouldn't have so many businesses leaving. So they wouldn't have to stoop so low as to try to give liquor licenses to 
stripper bars so that they could try to gain more money and more taxes. Well, I guess, you know, I guess that's what they want to do is they want to... In an area of lewd conduct. That's all I can say. Well, they're probably hoping to bolster people coming from out of state into our state for recreational activities, they would probably call it. You know, and and that's that's our legislature at work on our behalf. And, and, you know, I I look at all the tax increases, you know, I don't think there's going to be enough revenue for our, our state coming in off of the heels of that. But we do have some more issues to cover. I think that our country and our city and our state is uh, on the heels of a whole lot of different issues. And by the way, at the beginning of the show, I brought up Wednesday, you know, and I saw I got to, you know, bring you some information coming from Europe. After banning e-scooters, Paris is taking on SUVs. So most of this is about taking on the SUVs. This is out of the Washington Post. What stood out to me is that they were, Paris was one of the first big European cities to adopt bike rental programs. And last year became the first city in Europe to ban rented electronic scooters. I wonder why they did that. Maybe because of all the problems we've had and we've seen with them. But you know what? Again, you know, if it's a strip clubs or e-scooters to get littered across your city, they're not really focused on you because, you know, it brought in a little bit of revenue. We're going to take a break. I'm going to go find some roses. We'll be right back. Do we have Um, any rosy topics? Today, we want to think about how our founding fathers established a nearly foolproof system of government. Its checks and balances are among the most noteworthy aspects of our republic. Our government, when functioning as it was designed, champions our liberties and prevents our government from becoming tyrannical and oppressive. By and large, however, the American people are sadly uninformed in their role in safeguarding our freedoms. What's more, the clearly defined lines between the three branches of government are becoming blurred and the United States citizens are paying the price. We must continue to pray that God protects our way of life asking him that he would allow men and women in office who are committed to serving their constituents with integrity. We must remain in prayer for our elections, asking God to promote our fellow citizens to become more involved in this process. Voting is both a duty and a privilege, and the outcomes of our political races are critical in determining the future course of our nation. If you would take a moment to visit our website, www com. We have up on our website a list of all of our elected officials, and let's all take a moment to pray for our officials and for the laws that they're looking at passing. Now back to our show. And welcome back to Right Spokane Perspective this Valentine's Day, Wednesday episode on Right Spokane Perspective. You know, it, it's really interesting. We're, we're supposed to be talking about Valentine's Day and the love, and of course we cover government all the time. And Listeners, I, did, I tried. I really tried. It, it's tough to cover reality when we just want to love our neighbors, right? Maybe that's what we need to tell the legislature. We want to just love our neighbors. Could you, could you quit putting all these different things into our communities that aren't helping us get along. The Senate is voting to expand hate crime laws, and this actually comes from Spokane's Andy Billig. It's a bill spurred by vandalism at LGBTQ plus communities, and what it does is it takes a hate bill crime, because, you know, if you do the, a hate crime on someone's business or private property, it's a, it's a hate crime. But if you do a hate crime on public property, 
it's not treated the same way. So what this bill would do, because there was an incident where people dumped some paint on a rainbow crosswalk. So he wants to turn that into a hate crime because apparently the extra paint on the crosswalk that was rainbow colored really hurt the feelings of the LGBTQ community. And I have a little angst about that because this last year, we had a day where we got to go and give a presentation to the city council about the conditions of our neighborhood to which we had photos of graffiti on public property that were very inappropriate for children to be looking at, much like the inappropriate topic of strip clubs on Valentine's Day. The photos were not allowed to be shown. They actually blurred my photos so that they couldn't be shown to the city council members in city council chambers because they were not appropriate. Now, now but the photos, nobody brought a bill for me well, to say well, that the greedy graffiti was vulgar and it was well, a hate crime. It's not a hate crime because it was just vulgar and very inappropriate and it showed what's not supposed to be shown in strip clubs uh but probably will if you had alcohol right <laughs> uh and apparently it's happening in some of the other clubs that you mentioned in the first half but this bill would uh expand to graffiti like if a exact example that they used was a swastika say put on a school building would now be covered but really the 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 driving force of this was having to do with like LGBTQ monuments, you know, like the murals and things that they want to paint around the city. So yes, this is what the, the Senate is focused on love. Andy Billig and the state legislature is just loving on the taxpayers all over. Cause here's the deal. Like the graffiti that you reported, reported, or tried to report. That they didn't want to see because it was inappropriate. They blocked the pictures out. The we had to look at it every single day. I just thought I'd share the love. Yeah, That's you just all. drive by and see it every day. The city of Spokane wants to work on some stuff having to do with graffiti. So now we're kind of, we're leaving Olympia for a minute. We're going to talk about the city of Spokane. So the city of Spokane is thinking about a pilot program where they can put up an area, a wall for graffiti. So the graffiti artists can come to this place and do their graffiti, which a lot of graffiti is gang related. So I don't know, but that, but that's a pilot project. Our tax dollars are going to use here in the city of Spokane is to put up. You remember we heard about it, not but they're not going to want to use it because you're giving it to oh, them. No, they you're you're telling them go ahead and paint here. They don't care. They want to paint where they want to paint. Well, well they're going to use it. I mean, the other thing that they want to do is they want to increase artistic murals. So, you know, we can spend more money on arts and things like that so that more surfaces around the city are covered with artwork. Now we have seen that where they've put uh, artwork in certain corridors, add lots of graffiti and it lessened the graffiti. I mean, they still got graffitied, but it lessened the graffiti. And sometimes there was just so much color. If you're driving by it, you don't notice that there's graffiti on it. So I, I guess that helps a little bit, but it's a whole lot of money when we could just say it's a hate crime to the whole community to vandalize public property. Why don't we do that? Why well, don't we just enforce the law what? and start going after the people that are damaging public property? And the, I think that's I, enforcing the, the law problem seems like a big deal. That there is to begin with. Okay, you make it a hate crime. Great. Our cops aren't going to arrest them because we don't have enough cops to track them oh, down. Oh, yes, they will. But that's the thing is that they'll. this will be a hate crime, so it'll get better investigated while the graffiti mm. that's lewd maybe not a hate crime in your neighborhood is going to have nothing happen except for your tax dollars spent to go paint over it. And and that's the problem. I investigate the break-ins. 
and the thefts and the car thefts well, and all of those things. That's, you know, they'd like to. I know law enforcement would like to do that, but unfortunately, uh, judges and our legal system kind of just, you know, gives them a revolving door and they're back out the next day doing the same behavior. Well, and let me be clear. I'm not saying they as in the officers. I'm saying they as in the people that allow our officers to either do or not do their job. Like the legislature. That's right. Yeah. Well, and I think that that's an important delineation to make because I, I do think our officers would like to enforce the law Actually, at a greater level. I know level. that they would like to enforce the law at a greater level. Well, because they're sick of arresting the same people all the time. And, and it, the legislature is always trying to cater to a new group. Uh, people that don't want their rainbow crosswalks painted over. Oh, we got to make a law. Oh, we got to make a law so that strip clubs can make more money and there's well, more you tax know what? revenue. Residents oh, don't want their, their garages spray painted on that they have to go out and spend their own money to recover the paint or change the siding because you they spray give, painted all over their siding. You're trying to give love to the people in the community that are being compromised by bad government, you Shannon. You mean the people that pay the taxes for the government to do to us what yeah. they're doing? Well, there's yeah. the, see, there's the love on Valentine's Day. I knew it was going to come out in the show. Oh, just giving some love to the uh, the old taxpayers that, by the way, um, are going to be paying more and more taxes for all these laws they keep passing, but they can't seem to enforce the laws that we already have. I'm going to go back to our idea of every other year we have a session where they don't make any new laws. It won't cost us anything. All they have to do is go back through the laws that they passed and take out the ones that didn't work, that actually increase the costs on on all of the residents that have to pay the taxes. Increase that the didn't cost? work. Well, that had I mean, negative implications because they didn't know, oh, that law was going to make it so that business went out of business because they can't compete with government. Well, oh, they, they can't afford wow. the government. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know... You've it wouldn't got, cost a thing just to look over got, the books. You've got lawmakers and other than their salaries, people in the executive branch that, by the way, uh, some of them are not rerunning for office, but they feel their largest victories were laws that cost you the most amount of money, but didn't benefit you. Here's an example: plans to build Washington's largest wind farm held up again. Local controversy around access views and firefighting so nestled between the yakima valley columbia river southeast of washington the fate of a wind whipped range of hills has been subject to year-long dispute so a year-long dispute that's it it i think people just to build a house it takes a year-long dispute but they want to cover these hillsides that stretch of land would be dotted miles of rolling hillside with more than a hundred new white turbines in uh 2021 colorado-based company uh wanted clean energy and uh, asked the state for permission to build there so this year Inslee is asking lawmakers to spend another billion dollars to mitigate climate change through clean energy okay hold on hold on we gotta talk about a billion dollars are you serious so a billion dollars well a billion dollars racked up pretty quick um, with the Climate Commitment Act and those really high gas prices we've been paying and all the other things that we're paying more for that needs energy. So, so maybe we just have this really big problem. Human brains 
obviously have not evolved enough to understand large numbers. As a result, we tend to vastly underestimate how large a billion is. Think about it this way. One million seconds is 11 days. One billion seconds is 32 years. 32 years. So, uh, yeah, that's a, a significant difference between one number and the other. One, one million seconds. One million seconds is 11 days. 11 days. One billion seconds is 32 years. Now, I'm going to get back to that and the title of that article in just a second because, you know, the Climate Commitment Act that's bringing in these billions of dollars. And by the way, uh, like we talked about yesterday, the $27 billion increase in our state budget just in the last five years, $27 billion, right? That, that, that's a lot. That's like it, 32 it, times 27? That, that's hard to have. It's hard to wrap your head around the size of our state budget. So in this wind farm, it's going to be nearly a billion dollars. Money for that $941 million investment would come out of revenue from what the governor considered one of his biggest accomplishments in his more than 10 years running the state. The Climate Commitment Act, Washington's landmark climate policy because we're paying a fortune basically in taxes that doesn't go to our infrastructure even though it doesn't and it doesn't really go to the energy infrastructure we need it doesn't go to increase the capacity of the grid as far as carrying and storage pretty much it's going into these corporations that are getting huge government subsidies to build uh, monstrosities. And one of the things that's holding up this wind farm is that most of the residents don't want it because they see what it's done to other communities. It's ugly. And uh, they have animals that they like to see, bird watchers that go to their regions to see hawks and eagles and I'm things that get knocked out of the sky. I'm still wondering why we wouldn't take that kind of money and put it away in a reserve account in order to make upgrades on our dams that produce way more energy and they don't shut down in negative temperatures. Well, except you can't have these people don't believe the dams are going to work. We're going to run out of water. You're talking about we're not going to have water. The rains will go away. Dollars. That's 864 years. Think about that. In seconds. In seconds. 864 years. years. In seconds. Yeah. Just the increase in our state budget. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, um, that's how long it'll take Holy to pay cow. off the national debt, probably. But this is a, a huge problem for people to wrap their head around. And that's why when it comes in the mail, that envelope to vote on politicians, we forget the billions of dollars in taxes that they keep extracting from our communities. And I think we're going to have to cover on tomorrow's show where a bunch of new money is going to have to be going because there's some really big holes in the dam that we haven't patched. And those big holes are going to be coming into all of our communities. And so that vote that we just had on school levies and libraries that help house the homeless and all this good stuff that we all would like to care about, eventually, if we stay on this trajectory, we're going to be living in that car on those tires that are environmentally friendly. Hopefully they hold air for a while because we're not going to be able to afford the housing that these politicians keep on saying is going to become affordable, right? 
because we've kind of gone down that road, they keep on making it less affordable. But one little victory, it sounds like, is that uh, yesterday we talked about that uh, property tax increase, and we now have learned that the um, sponsors of the bill have decided to pull the bill on the 3% per year increase instead of the 1% that we currently have. And I don't think the media reporting on that was actually honest. I think they decided to pull the bill on the increase in all of your local property taxes because they have school districts all across the state that wanted that news to come out right as the ballots were due so that they could justify all of those tax increases. But that legislative bill for the 3% will be back in the House of Representatives and the Senate in Washington next year. It's the way they play the game. Pay attention to elections, folks. It's not for the love of the citizens. It's for the love of money, power, control, and greed. And our state legislature has been awash with money. All of the institutions awash with money, and they keep raising taxes everywhere. And We're not seeing better results. I think they need to start loving on their communities a little bit more and the people that pay the bills they're lining up for us. All that being said, we're out of time for today's show. It was a lovely Wednesday. I mean, we covered some really important stuff. Yeah, okay. Well, there was Sunshine good. and rainbows. Sunshine, Sunshine and rainbows. Well, there was one good thing with that tax. I mean, I'm hungry. One thing. Let's go to breakfast. All right, folks, we'll be with you again tomorrow. Happy Valentine's Day, guys. Bye-bye.